Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of R2 Pence. I am Vivian and I'm Leah. Okay, one of the first things that I feel like we have to discuss is Kanye West deciding that he's going to run for president. Yeah, I read that this morning that Kanye West is running for presidency in 2020, like for this year. Um, How does that work exactly? Because he hasn't done anything throughout the year. He hasn't had any rallies. I read that he hadn't even applied for like the role. So how how does that work? Yeah, it says here that he hasn't even registered his name with the Federal Election Commission and he, and he hasn't like, um, there's someone who ap- applied as Kanye D's Nuts West um, from 1977 <laughs> Gold Digger Avenue, Sweet Yeezus. Um, but it shows that they've raised no funding. So it just seems like a really tight turnaround for November when obviously these other people have been campaigning since like last year. Honestly, though, you know, this year has just been a a snowball of mess and drama and just unprecedented times. If Kanye West ended up being the president of the United States, I think that would be the cherry on top that we need to go now. Like God has decided the world needs to end now. I just I think it would be such a bad idea. (laughs) So bad. It might be worse than Trump. I just think that at least Trump has something that he sticks by. Whereas Kanye abandoned black people sometime in like, I don't know, 2012. Mm. Yeah, I just wouldn't. I'm trying to get into the mind of Kanye, which is very difficult to do. What kind of manifesto is he planning? What are his like, what is his ideas? Is he even political? I'm trying to understand where this motivation to be president has come from i think it's more the idea of being the president that he's interested in rather than the actual Mm. job because if anything kim should run compared to him because she's actually been participating in the political process she's actually been getting pardons from the president she's actually been looking into prison reform like that could be her platform he doesn't have any such platform any such like body of work to call on to support his run for presidency yeah it's very very random and it just shows I think maybe there's a level of wealth you obtain and at that point you just want to live out your dreams your wildest dreams because we've seen an example of that in Kanye but also in Will and Jada like what does the world turn it into have you seen this story yeah, but I feel like those are two different things. <laughs> Deciding that you want to run for president and opening up your marriage, even if that, even if you're not necessarily using that term, are two completely different things. <laughs> I also think that presidency doesn't seem to be that good idea. Remember when people were asking Oprah to run? Remember when people yeah. were asking Michelle Obama to run and they both said no? Mm. Because they understand the realities of what it is to do that job. Mm. No, what I'm saying is, of course, they're they're completely different things. What I'm saying is that we all have big ideas. Like there's a there's a mad dream that every single one of us has, and you can't live. Some of us can't live it out because you're too busy with your nine to five or 
you're, you're, you don't care about it that much. But when you get to a level of wealth where you don't have to worry about money, you don't have to worry about like how you're going to get from A to B, doing certain things become obtainable. Does that make sense? Obviously, like normal people have open marriages. That's not what I'm trying to discard. But I'm just saying that you're more likely to do things that are outrageous in in societal terms where you have the means to spend like to to have the like not have to think about the responsibility of money which is massive yeah i suppose but i also think that people need to butt out of will and jada's marriage that's my personal opinion i feel like people have been very very judgmental of what it is that they have decided to do with it they don't even refer to it as a marriage as much as so much as a life partnership and i think that Mm. at least whatever is going on between them it seems like they're very, very open and communicative about it between the two of them. There are people who think that they're in a committed marriage whose partners are doing X, Y, and Z behind closed mm. doors, you know? So I just think that there's an awful lot of judgment going their way that is unnecessary. And with the whole August Alcina case, um, Shannon Boudram did a video, which I will link in the bio. And she basically said, there's people who are spreading rumors, speculating that Jada abused him or used him. And she said that, when people come forward with accounts of of like a abuse or, or come forward with their accounts of certain relationships, that we should believe them. And she said, so we also have to not speculate our own things. We have to listen to August. And August never once said that it was abusive. He never once said that he was manipulated. He never once said those words. People are putting their own assumptions and things on top of what he has said. So mm. we should, we should, you know, carry that same energy and just listen to what it is that he is saying yeah I mean I didn't really understand everyone's judgment on them because they've never I don't know they've just never claimed to have a closed marriage or whatever and it's really none of our business Mm. um yeah I, I don't get it I don't I think even in the interview August never actually mentions Jada's name oh okay did you watch the interview? No, I didn't. I just watched comments. Yeah. Because I was so unbothered by it. I just didn't, I just completely disregarded it. I was just like, if there was evidence in there, like there's, there's clearly none. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just how, how much attention this whole thing has gotten. Cause I remember at the beginning when they, when they started to get a bit close, people were like, oh, you know, Jada and Will have adopted August as their fourth child and they were very comforting like it looked like they had a very comforting relationship and all of that so when this story came out I was like oh but we all knew we've all kind of known it's not something that's kind of been a secret that Jada and Will have an open relationship they've never spoken about it but it's kind of like something that's always been rumored about so when I saw it I was like why is there so much of a ruckus around it the point where my interest peaked was when Jada said, I'm going to bring myself to the red table. That's when I was like, nah, this this year is actually cancelled. Like, what is actually going on? I feel like the memes that came from that was so, so funny. So, so interesting. People even photoshopped video. So they looked as though Jada was talking to herself at the red table. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's it's difficult when, I guess, people see Jada as... A type of person who holds herself on this high moral ground with her red table talk show she tends to like bring people on and tell them I mean I've never seen an episode of red table talk I don't know have you oh apart from the one with Jordan when Jordan came on but I have never seen an episode other than that 
But people on Twitter seem to seem to have this idea that Jada thinks she's above the rest of us morally. So if she's doing something like this, then you know, who does she think she is type of thing. But I don't get it. Like I don't I don't get it. I don't care about their relationship. I don't care about what's going on. I don't even know why this is such a big deal. But what I will mm. be doing is tuning in because I want to see Jada drag herself if she's going to do that. Yeah. But yeah. We also just need to scrap the idea that open relationships in general are immoral. They're not I feel like yeah. it's the lying and 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 cheating that's immoral. Whatever mm. you do openly with a partner can't be immoral because you've both ta- like it's both accepted and you've both talked about it. So I feel yeah. like honestly, what goes on between consenting adults is a okay. Yeah, I I don't think it's a big deal at all, and it goes to show that a lot a lot of people just need to they don't have to open their minds up to having an open marriage, but open their minds up that there are different types of relationships out there and they work for the people who aren't in it. It's none of our business how they choose to lead their lives. I am having quarantine fatigue. I am so over it. I'm so over it, but I'm not ready to leave the house yet. It's it's that weird. Yeah, I get what you mean, because you're you're trying to be sensible and stay safe. Like that also brings us onto the point of all of the pubs reopening and how Mm. people, like there's all of this footage of people flooding the streets of Soho, not wearing masks, like it's a big festival. And like, I remember seeing someone tweeting that you may feel like you want to look at these people and call them idiots, but you have to remember that they're following what the government has said that they're allowed to do. Yeah. So yeah. if if you're the call if you want to call them idiots, look at the government and call them idiots, because they're the ones that are allowing this to happen. Yeah, the government have just not been clear at all. They've they've not really set out any rules for people to follow, and I am scared that we're going to have a second wave. I feel like it's almost inevitable at this point. But yeah, yesterday I did go out, but it wasn't that busy around my area. But I guess like in central London, it was packing there were loads of people Mm. and honestly I don't even know I can't really blame these people because we've literally been in lockdown for like three months it's been a very very long time and again the number of deaths just seem so trivial to us now that they're telling us that 44,000 people have died and we're just like oh yeah you know it's cool but when are we gonna get to have breakfast I need to have brunch with my girls it's like Bro, 44,000 people have died in the UK. Imagine a national disaster happened and they said that 44,000 people died. It would be a it would be a tragedy, but I feel like because we've been at home, it's not really been in proximity to us. Um there are people who still don't believe that coronavirus exists. What? Yes, there are still people who believe that it's a government ploy to get us to stay home. But I've I've always posed the question to them, to what gain? Exactly, because it's tanking their economy. To what gain do they do, would they have by us staying at home? To what gain? We're not spending money. They still have to pay us to, to stay home. So why would they do that? To, do you know, to what gain? Mm. But yeah, coronavirus is real, people. It always has been. And like, yeah, if you're feeling quarantine fatigue like me, I don't know, please send me some ideas as to what to do. I'm thinking of picking up knitting. 
um maybe crocheting maybe do it I just need to do other things maybe starting to learn another language again I don't know because I'm so bored right now I'm actually like I bought a bunch of little pots on Amazon that I'm gonna paint for my plants because I I grew succulents during the lockdown but I just think that coronavirus is such it's a quiet tragedy and then Mm. also a lot of the people that are dying or that have died are easily dismissed by society. Yeah. It's the elderly, it's the sick, it's BAME people. So mm. it's not like, because even when you think about Grenfell, tragedy, but the kind of people that died also colored the way that it was handled in the aftermath. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when it's poor old immigrant black and brown people that are dying, it's not necessarily as much of a matter of urgency, I don't think. Mm yeah I I remember speaking to my dad about you know the devastation that the whole world has been going through I was like why is it do you think that the cultures are so different in Spain Italy um I think partly France as well like they're taking it a lot more seriously than we are and it's like he said to me it's because we didn't see the death like in the UK people don't see death like in Spain people's parents were literally dying in the house next to them because of Mm. coronavirus um like loads of people died at home so for them it's like they actually saw the effects and it wasn't just old people that died as well there were lots of young people that died people's friends people's brothers people's sisters so they understand the extent of it whereas maybe in the UK of course people have lost loved ones but because it's like you rightly said it's not people that maybe society necessarily value it seems like, oh my goodness, we just need to go to the pub and get a drink, which is also fine. I mean, everybody's struggling in their own way, but I just wish the government took more care for us and our health and our well-being. Especially when there are leaders of countries like Jacinta of New Zealand, who said that herd immunity, and she said that in New Zealand, that was not considered an option. Because they have such a small country anyway. They couldn't afford Mm. to lose half of 20% of their population that's that would have been mad for them yeah it just I think it also is just like the priorities of people because it is a smaller country I feel like a a, a slowed economy will damage them way Even worse more, than, yeah than it would the UK yeah and also the country the only country that is trying herd immunity Sweden have not seen more favorable results than the people who had a complete lockdown yeah. which was the problem in the beginning, which is why scientists were saying, don't go with this idea because we don't know what type of virus this is. We we have some information from other viruses in the same family, but this could be a naughty child. We all know how families work. <laughs> this virus could be like, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. And it is. And they haven't seen, you know, the type of results that they were expecting. They were expecting that by now, 80% of the population would have been infected. And that's not the data that's coming out of Sweden. So, you know, it was a very, very dangerous path to take. And to just assume that this, you know, microorganism that we've never, ever come in contact with will behave like all the other microorganisms that we've come in contact with. What? I mean, on a brighter note, they are saying that the vaccine that University of Oxford are creating will be um, released in September for those people who are working on the front lines or have, I guess, serious underlying conditions. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's good. 
Because I yeah, know that, I think I read somewhere that there are some pharmaceutical companies that are looking to profit off this. Of course. <laughs> we live in a capitalist state. Have you been watching anything? Yeah, I've been watching I May Destroy You. I tried putting it off just because of the subject matter, but it got to the point where I couldn't listen to the Hilo, I couldn't listen to the Receipts podcast, I couldn't listen to Black Girls Living because they were all discussing this show and mm. all of the episodes that contain spoilers. So I just had to stop. Like, even with Insecure, I watched all of Insecure season four as well just because Ooh. I wanted to be able to listen to these podcasts without having it ruined for me. I I Aww. waited for it to be legal in the UK, so I watched it on Sky so that Issa could get her numbers. Because I'm all so those proud people of you. were watching it illegally. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were all so, watching yeah. it illegally, yeah. But yeah, I watched those two. Of course, I think I, I watched Little Fires everywhere before. I just, I've really enjoyed them. And it just makes me think, where's my shit? Why am I not doing anything? Because it's just so inspiring to see these shows where it is kind of just like middle class black people existing and thriving in such a way that we haven't seen. Like a lot of, I think, when there's black characters, they're often secondary in other shows mm. or if they are the main focuses i feel like in the uk it's usually gang related yeah there's just there's just not enough emphasis placed on just black people being black people and mm. um not having the burden of the stereotypes that society puts on us in everything like even when you're just watching a show the black person is struggling with racism or struggling with something it's like why can't they just be black and live in I think that's why Insecure has had such great success because it's literally just black people going through normal things that everybody else goes through, friendship breakups, relationship breakups, difficult careers, but they still talk about the important things that is in our society. So did you watch season four of Insecure? What have you been watching recently? Leah, I've, I've just, I don't know what I do with my time because I'm not watching anything. Oh, Okay. I'm actually not the la- I don't remember the last time I watched a show. I have not been watching anything. The last time I went on Netflix was like a month ago. I have not literally been watching anything. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what. I I am the queen of shows. Like I, I'm almost so jealous that you're watching all of these things, but I just don't have. It feels like I don't have the time to dedicate to sit down and actually watch a show properly. Um, why what are you doing my days just go so quickly but I think it will kind of get back to normal when I'm back home mm. when you're not because raising I don't have, when I'm not raising yeah <laughs> but it all, it's all just made me realize that life is going to be so different when you have children and you're married yeah at least so you know different. the kind of responsibility and you know like when you do go into it what you're gonna what you're gonna get yeah no but I'm definitely not ready for it because I I just want to live my best life (laughs) I want to watch shows and be happy but yeah but with me I feel like I've just I don't know I've just been so keen to consume so much stuff so yeah I watched I May Destroy You, Insecure, Little Fires Everywhere, I watched Queer Eye season five which Mm. I feel like I'm starting to get a bit bored of the format oh yeah yeah, that's okay because there's a new show um on Netflix that's going to basically be surprise weddings. And it's yeah, kind of that same I've seen that. Where there's like a, so I feel like that will probably try and fill that void. 
for me. And I actually, I did try watching Real Housewives of Atlanta, but I made it to episode three of the first season. And I don't And what understand. did you think? Okay, I this is something like, we could definitely talk about. What did you think of that? I was so bored, out of my mind. I felt like those three episodes felt like they took seven to 12 hours to me. You were bored. So bored. Like they're fighting about dumb shit about I didn't get in or was I or was I not on the guest list? Yeah, you have to get into it. It's not straight drama. The only one that I think is like straight drama is Potomac, Real Housewives of Potomac, but they don't have it on Netflix. And Beverly Hills is pretty mm. good as well. Beverly Hills is pretty good as well. So give it a try. Because I've given no, but, it a try. I've, I'm going to give it a try. I can't do it. My brain cells Leo. melted. Vivian, my brain cells <laughs> melted. When I could be watching Ozark, you know, <laughs> or, which I need to, or when I can be watching other like mentally stimulating shows, or but you, just... but you watch you 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 watch trash as well. But I guess you don't stoop down to my level of trash. I, I guess the trash that I like is a little bit heartwarming at least. Like Love is Blind, yes, there's trash and drama, but yes, there's romance and heart. And yes, Queer Eye is uh, not necessarily trash, but it is kind of that like easily digestible TV. Yeah. But it's always like heart at like heart is at the center of of Queer Eye and shows like that and kind of I don't know those kinds of like reality TV. But just seeing people yeah. be catty and fighting, it just I think it's because I just feel like why are you still around them if you don't like them so much? I mean, that is the question we all ask each other. Like we ask ourselves when we watch these shows. I guess it's just I'm messy. Maybe I'm just a messy boots. Maybe I just enjoy <laughs> the mess. Maybe I just enjoy watching other people have mess. Because I don't, I'm not, I don't have mess in my real life. But it's funny to watch other people's mess. But I will say, watching it now as an adult, because I used to watch the Real Housewives franchise when I was in secondary school, and like 13 years old. So, I've, you know, watching it now, I'm thinking, this is so bad. It is so bad. It's like this is so ridiculous. I can't believe you guys are fighting over an invitation. Like, it's so ridiculous. Mm. But w- in terms of the lifestyle, what did you think? I felt like it was really superficial. Mm. It was very, like, it was superficial to the point where I was just a bit like, ew. Like, I wouldn't want to be friends with any of them. Yeah. Like, maybe yeah. Nini would be fun to hang out with and, like, have drinks with and go out with. But other than mm. that, they're all like, oh, um, it's okay if I, like, I want to die in Prada or I want to die in Gucci. And I'm just like, um, mm. okay, that's that's the life you want to live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, yeah, I just felt like, yeah, very, very superficial. And maybe yeah. I feel like because there was a time in my life when I watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but even then that was a family. So you knew why they were sticking around each other, even when they w- weren't always getting along. And even then it was always a family that, yes, they have all of their infighting, but if anybody from the outside ever comes with their family, they unite and they turn into like a transformer and they all <laughs> go from the separate, so the lorry and the van and the airplane come together to make the big Megatron. And they're like, no, that's Power Rangers I'm thinking about. You get <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I get what you mean. You're thinking, of, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're all like, come together and fight. Power yeah. unite. No, you can't come for it. Like, obviously I haven't watched it in, in years but that was like the extent of my of my reality tv 
because I, yeah, I, just, I mean, I'm an equal opportunities person. Like I like my drama. I like, you know, there's levels to my trash TV and there's, there's levels to the type of shows I like to watch. I think what I like about Real Housewives is yes the keeping up as well was very keeping up I really really enjoyed keeping up when I used to watch keeping up because it's the family but Real Housewives just gave me something different to your typical reality tv because back then the only reality tv that we had was families you had the Osbournes you had the oh Reverend Angela Simmons dad they had their they Run's had their reality runs house so they had runs house so that was family as well then you had keeping up then you would they would do like mtv cribs that was like reality tv also family but it wasn't really like reality tv but mm. real housewives because i watched it from like orange county first season of orange county and then i watched all the franchises afterwards just kind of gave me desperate housewives but real and I want to see one of them kill their husband and then the rest of them rally together to hide the body. To hide the body. Yeah, it gave me a little bit of Desperate Housewives, but not really. And I think when I was younger, I was just so obsessed with like being rich. I was so obsessed with being rich and seeing these women. I didn't really care too much about the drama. I was just more interested in their houses and their collection and the way they went out for dinners and the way they planned their dinners and the type of holidays that they went on if that makes sense yeah yeah, I get that see for that I would just I don't know like I when it comes to like aspirational richness I just think of gossip girl I think of succession Mm. and really the American sitcom or TV show because they hardly ever show poor people. No, they don't. They don't. But this was real, you know. Like this, these were actually real women who lived in gated communities. Mm. These weren't just like obviously we see rich, we see wealth in TV shows and stuff like that. But that's all still made up wealth. But this was like real wealth. This were people living in their big houses because have you just always I've always wondered how the other half lives and I feel like Real Housewives gives you an insight into that but without like if you don't think about the drama it doesn't doesn't because it's a very specific person who becomes a housewife and associates with them there's plenty and plenty of and then there's those kind of housewives rich people and then there's like the Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos who you've never seen the inside of their house ever once yeah yeah but also think about it like this doesn't it kind of make you feel a little bit better that even though they have money they still have drama like a little bit <laughs> like money doesn't like do you know what I mean like they're no, just no, no, as bad no, as no, the it, rest it, of it, us no it doesn't it doesn't at all because their kind of drama I would choose any day over oh my gosh am I gonna get another job what am I gonna do in six months I would choose their drama of not being invited to cocktail parties and fighting over cheating husbands and whether or not someone is a countess then you know my problems no, that's what I'm saying. Like, doesn't it make you feel a bit better? Like, when you're at that at that level of wealth, that your all your problems are basically trivial. <laughs> like, their problems. How does that are make me feel better trivial? when I'm not at that level of wealth? <laughs> it's something to look forward to. Like, oh yeah, you know, when I'm rich, I'm just gonna be upset that my friend didn't give me an invite to her birthday party. Like, that's pretty great. You know, 
I, no, I just feel like when it comes to rich people, I, I don't aspire to that at all. I, I aspire to like the quiet, happy, rich people. I mean, I now I do as well. You got to tap into a 13 year old Viv, not 24 year old Viv, who had this fantasy of what life would be like. And they were also black women. Um, I mean, they're not black women being shown in the, I can't even say in a favorable right light. light at all. Like, yeah, they're, they're not being really shown messy. in a favorable light. Yeah. But in terms of like just seeing them being successful, it is really nice. I think so anyway. I think that I think it was really nice to see. Aside from the bitchy and the catty and the cattiness and the fighting and all of that, it was really nice just to see black people being rich. I don't know. I just felt like that was a kind of nouveau riche that that people look down on. Mm, yeah. Like new age money. Yeah. As in like even yeah. the way the 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 like the lens with which they're seen on is oh look at these messy people it's they're not shown in a favorable yeah. and, like that's why I just never saw them as something to I, I don't you know I'm just like yeah. oh let me be an Oprah who everyone likes and respects even the racists <laughs> yeah I mean that's me now okay that's me now but when I was younger I enjoyed trash and Real Housewives was my favorable trash at the time um it's just the parties the people the holidays. I, I just love mess. I loved mess. I loved mess. But now, of course, we all aspire to be like Michelle Obama, where people, you know, look to you for wisdom and growth and all of that jazz. I feel like maybe like the blackish kind of family, mm. where someone is like a marketing executive, the wife is a doctor, that kind of like stable, cushy, like financially free kind of life. Yeah. But you know what, as well? Like, I think there is space for all of that. I think mm. there is space for like messy rich people. I think there is space for classy rich people. I think there is space for respectable rich people. I think, you know, we need to accept our people in all the different forms they come. That's why if you watch Beverly Hills, yeah, that's when you would know what I'm saying. Because they're even richer than the women from Atlanta. And in my opinion, their mess is not as messy as like fighting, but they are messy as well. Like all of that just showed me these women, money does not buy you class. I think one I think of it's the also just people are willing to degrade themselves for a chance for fame. Yeah. Money's not enough, which is why I went back to school and I studied really hard. <laughs> because I need something else to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> I need something else to fall back on. Um, I've seen Insecure, but I didn't watch like, I think I saw three episodes of season four. I'm at the point now where um, Lawrence and Condola are going out. Right. And Condola had a problem with it because she didn't know that Issa and Lawrence were dating. Mm. And they were exes and stuff. So I'm just at that point where Molly is starting to become a bitch. But I've I've seen all the spoilers online, how like her Molly's and Issa's relationship basically break down. Condola and I guess Lawrence break. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Spoil Condola and Lawrence basically break that break up. And I guess Issa and Lawrence get back together. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, once they finally like find like they date and they have a good time, but then when they finally decide that they're gonna be together, mm. Condola comes back and she's pregnant. <gasps> oh yep. my god. 
I love Insecure. I think Insecure is just such a brilliant show. Even when I think about have you seen past seasons of Insecure? Yeah. Yeah. Did you just jump straight into season four without having seen anything? No, 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 no. I thought you didn't. No, I've seen all of it. Insecure is just such a great show. I don't know. What did you think of season four? I thought it was really good and I thought it was heartbreaking. And I, it is because it's just a case of like just terrible timing. And it's also mm. just the dilemma of finding out that you're going to be a father to a child that you don't necessarily want. Mm. And some people were saying that Lawrence didn't necessarily have the best reaction, but he had just gotten his shit together with Issa. He had just like managed to fit the pieces back together so he could have a life with her. And this baby has basically come to blow that all up. Yeah. So I can I can totally understand why he was like, why fucking now? Why me? Why is this happening? Okay. What do you think he's gonna do in this situation? Is it that he will stay with Issa but just be a good because I don't think oh, it's hard though, because being a dad is a full time job and maybe you just won't have the time for a relationship. Yeah. And then even if he did decide that he didn't want to be in this child's life, which while it's not popular, is a, is a valid choice because mm. they didn't go into it willing, like knowingly, I should say. Yeah. But could you be with a guy who abandons a baby and they live in this town? So they would just see Condola pregnant, knowing. So like, there's no right answer. There's no comfortable way for this. Um, people have said different things. Some people have said that they would stay with Lawrence, but that they would just be heartbroken at every first that he has with Condola and the baby, because even if Issa got pregnant now, she that would baby would still be first. Like yeah. he, she wouldn't share those moments with him yeah. in quite the same way. Some yeah. people have said that they want Condola to fall down the stairs. Oh, wow. Why? Apparently people on Twitter are going mad and they were forgetting that this is a TV show. And some of them were even sending threats and stuff to the actual actress. Even Molly, Yvonne Orji, has been getting lots and lots of like horrible messages and stuff because people conflate her and her character. Oh, wow. That's really bad. It's fictional, people. But even with Molly, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Obviously, because we- we've never been in relationships, but I'm just like, please, God, let me not be like that because I can see myself being like that. What is she like? She's very, very self-focused. I think because she's a lawyer and Andrew works in the entertainment industry, I feel like she Mm. kind of sees her job as more important. Mm. So she'll rearrange stuff because she has to work. And she'll like do stuff like that. Or Andrew will make suggestions for things to do and she won't because she's tired. Or or, or like they just don't, they just didn't seem like in sync. And Mm. and, like, I don't know, she just didn't seem as... Not, I don't want to say focused on him, but she just didn't seem to take his views and thoughts and opinions into consideration as much. Was it just that she never... Because from past relationships, what I noticed about Molly is that she doesn't really ever want to compromise. No, she doesn't. So there's this instance where her and Andrew go on holiday and mm. they go on holiday with Andrew's brother and Andrew bro- Andrew's brother's wife. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're... So Andrew's sister-in-law gets something in her eye Yvonne Yvonne, Molly says that she's going to go get them a towel and when she basically gets racially profiled because other guests of the resort have been able to go and get towels willy-nilly but when she goes up 
the person behind the kiosk asks for her her room ID, like her room mm. card, just to prove yeah. that she is actually staying at the hotel. So she gets worked up about it, and um, Andrew's brother basically just shows his ID. He gets the, he basically de-escalates the situation. But when they're back in the pool and it's the four of them together, Molly can clearly see that it was a racial thing. But Andrew dismisses mm. it and says, "You're probably overreacting. Not everybody mm. thinks that way." So um, obviously, mm. Molly says, "Fuck you," and she leaves. And like they basically go their separate ways on the holiday after bonding so well but when they come back Mm. to america andrew reprimands his brother and he says you know you really need to take these things into consideration you have your own blinkers on when it comes to what black people experience but when Mm. when andrew's brother as a as a way to make peace he basically gets really really good basketball tickets Mm. and he said andrew you and molly come let me take you out as a way to say sorry and Molly decides that she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to be around him. Mm. Oh, and wow. Andrew's like, this is my brother. And he understands what he did wrong and he's trying to make amends. Like, yeah. he's always going to be my brother. So, yeah. And I feel I like that's an example of what you mean uh, in terms of, like, she doesn't want to compromise. Yeah, it just, it just never seems like she's willing to say, do you know what, this might not be able to go my way, but can we do it this way in a way that benefits both of us mm. Molly's an interesting character I'm, I'm interested to see how she grows in the next season when I finally watch this season uh, but a lot of people have also been talking about how the show tackles friendship mm. what did you notice this in this season Molly and Issa just didn't again just didn't seem to be on the same page I think mm. that I think that what happens is that they both know the messy patterns of the other person and they know it so much, but they're also very, very sensitive about their own messiness. So it felt like yeah. there was nothing that one person could say to the other that the other person wasn't offended by. From what I saw, they were both upset with each other, but it was like quiet upset. They just never said, mm. oh, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah, And, and I it just that... kind of escalated, didn't it? It did. And they were both judging each other for their own situationships or whatever. So... Mm. Molly was judging Issa for for contemplating Lawrence because she has a no compromise point of view. Molly yeah. was um upset like judging Issa about the block party, about being around Condola. She's basically saying to Molly, You really like to have a messy life. Whereas Issa kind of lives in an in a world of grey. Whereas yeah. Molly likes to keep things black and white. And yeah, and then obviously, so she sees that in Molly, and she doesn't like it, and she vocalizes it, which Molly, which Issa takes as an attack. And mm-hmm. then Issa looks at Molly, and she's like, "You're so black and white. You mess up all of your relationships." Well, like it just got messy. I, I yeah, don't know. yeah, it just it just got really really messy. But I think with them, it kind of highlights what real friendships actually go through. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the time we want more for our friends than maybe what they want for themselves. And eventually you have to kind of let people live their own lives. But when you care about someone so much, your idea for what their perfect life would look like comes out in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And because that person ultimately wants to live their best lives, but they still really care about you that's when you start to see all these type of arguments I've noticed it a lot a lot even just in normal friendships even with like normal things doesn't even have to be with like a man or anything but when two people really care for each other it's normal that you you aspire for them things that are greater than what may they may want to themselves Mm. um 
And I felt that the writing on the show really, really highlights that because, yeah, like Molly was upset with Issa for doing things that she does, but obviously she doesn't see it in herself. She she doesn't see those same things in herself. They they want better for their friend than their friend necessarily wants for themselves. And on top of that, I think it's also the resentment of picking mm. up the pieces when things go wrong. So it's like you yeah. give your friend X or Z advice, they ignore it and they get hurt and then they come to you. Does that make mm. sense? And I feel like they've yeah. done that with yeah. each other. I think that's what's going on. I think... Yeah, they, they're both tired of each other's shit. And instead of basically saying, mm. you do the right thing or you don't tell me about it anymore, but you can't do that because you care about each other. So you're not you're not going to just throw your friend out to be beaten by the wolves. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I'm glad that they sorted it out, though, in the end, didn't they? Um, Kind of. It literally was. They waited right until the last possible moment for them to reconcile. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in this episode. Really appreciate you all coming back and sticking with us and listening to our two pens every week. I have been Vivian. And I've been Leah. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at R2Pence. That's O-U-R, the number two, P-E-N-C-E on both Instagram and Twitter. And then also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please, please leave us, um, rate us and leave a comment. Just that will help others be able to see us. Bye. Bye.